Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into the Sunday Gospels reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Father Rob Gallia. And I'm Denny Sullivan. And this podcast is presented to you by FRG Ministry. Happy Divine Sunday week, <laughs> everyone. Divine Mercy Sunday? The, the, divine Mercy Sunday. That yeah. was, yeah, that, uh, that sorry, was painful. We, we won't edit this out. Just to, <laughs> I do so, like it when you make mistakes because I feel like it's 90% me saying dumb things. So the 10% you what, do, I'm like, I'm going to keep well, that What are you in. saying? It's dumb. It's still divine. What did I say even? You definitely left the word mercy okay, out. Okay, Divine just, Sunday. Yeah, like divine it's not, Mercy it's Sunday. It's not dumb. It's just wrong. Okay. And I like it sometimes when you show that you can be wrong yes i i can be very often i can be very wrong divine mercy sunday um which is a sunday where we talk about a great person uh, in the scriptures his name is thomas thomas but uh, welcome to also did i say welcome to catholic influencers podcast this is like Just a, a big old mess. crash yeah but we'll leave it in because we like mess <laughs> so how are you doing danny I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing well. I've been spent that just still, Danny, just before we went on that, that I've spent the, like a week, <laughs> a week plus in the office nearly every day. It's been such a joy. <laughs> oh, the sarcasm. But I'm ready. I'm ready to go out on mission again, like out somewhere. You know what? I think that's a really good decision. I think, yes, where everyone is ready for you to go out again. That's right. I'm not used to staying in one place for, for so long. But it's been a blessing being here in, in the FRG ministry office in Bendigo. And I've got a lot of work done. Uh, I must admit. Yeah, but. like you've you've sat at a desk for extended periods of time. Yes. So it's really nice. I think the people downstairs are happy that you're not just pacing backwards and forwards. I think last year was a lot of you would rush back from a trip, pace around the office, and then rush back out for another trip. Yes, exactly. So this year we've even set up a desk for you. So it's, it's very wonderful. Different. Yeah, and we got to do a lot of creative stuff, write a few songs, work on a few projects. And now my next order of things to do is to work on this non-for-profit organization board meetings. <laughs> That's <laughs> Doesn't exciting. Sound as creative. <laughs> Not as creative, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So Divine Mercy Sunday, um, St. Thomas, let's, let's delve straight into the readings, into the scripture of this Sunday. And as we last week celebrated Easter Sunday, Alleluia, Hallelujah. Now we can say this uh, without hesitation. And it is uh, the time of divine mercy, of growing and facing um, our struggles, our fears, and with our struggles, growing in our faith. So let's listen to John 20, 19 to 31. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, was one of the twelve who was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. 
Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it in my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. They are not written in this book, but these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. St. Thomas, he gets a lot of bad flack, doesn't he? I feel sorry for Thomas. Doubting Thomas, they call him. Yeah, just because he said one thing one time. (laughs) Just said one thing and we've titled him Doubting Thomas. We even use it as an offense. You're a Doubting Thomas. At least my parents used to tell <laughs> me that. Who do you say this to? Who do you say Terrible. that I am? <laughs> I don't say it to anyone, but okay. it has been said to me. Oh. oh well, at least I come from a Catholic country, so we use scriptural <laughs> offenses. Well, such a Peter. <laughs> such a Peter. No, I, I, doubting Thomas I got. But Thomas was, was a courageous guy. He's an amazing guy. And we'll talk about how incredible he actually was. Again, like last week, we talked about St. Peter and we give him... A lot of flack for his doubting Jesus three times, which is a serious thing yeah. to do. Didn't one time Jesus even go like, get behind me, Satan, yeah. to Peter? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. I feel like it's even with us, like people can say 10 million good things, but we remember the bad things. Yes. And we do it with the apostles. Uh, exactly. Whoops. But these were great, absolutely great people of, of God. And Thomas as well. Thomas was, uh, I, um, first of all, let's talk about his courage. He was... Uh, a, a courageous guy. And we see this through the scripture. He was a natural pessimist. Do you know any pessimists? Story of my life. <laughs> you're not, you're not a pessimist. I'm not a pessimist. Um, yeah, like I can think of a few. Yeah. And they, it's always someone who's sar- a lot of pessimists use a lot of sarcasm. Is that right? <laughs> I feel like maybe it is me. <laughs> no, no, no. Sarcasm is okay. But um, sometimes this is who Thomas was. He was a pessimist. He was a sarcastic pessimist. And he, but he loved Jesus and he loved Jesus enough to go to die with him in Jerusalem. Other people ran off, other people walked away, but he decided to go and follow Jesus into Jerusalem. And Jesus says in, in John, I think it's John 11, he, he talks about going into Jerusalem uh, where I have to fulfill the prophecy, where I have to fulfill the will of the Father. And then what does Thomas say? Thomas doesn't say, no, I'm going to stay here, but he does put in a sarcastic remark here. He says, oh, okay, let's go to, let's also go to Jerusalem where we're going to die. So, so we may die with him. And in a sense, he was pessimist. He was negative. He was sarcastic, but he still went. So yeah, he said this sarcastic comment and then all his pessimism, it came through and (laughs) like, he like, it was legit and Jesus did die and he had to see Jesus die. And then it, like that was it. That was yeah. done. Like, yep, we went to Jerusalem and, and exactly, it yeah, exactly what I thought would happen happened. Like, so it's he, legit. Like he would have said, like, like many pessimists often yeah. saying, oh, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. Yeah. And in this case, for a few days, it was true. Yes. And it did happen. And he was brokenhearted and he was disillusioned maybe. And, and because of that, he isolated himself from the community. He was angry. He was frustrated and he was grieving. 
but his pain caused him to be separated from the community. And um, when, when, because he separated himself from the community, um, the community that continued to gather experienced and encountered the risen Lord, but he was still, they, they were on, on Resurrection Sunday, they, they had seen the resurrected Christ, but he was still stuck in the tomb because he isolated himself. And because he started to, in a sense, build a home, become comfortable in the tomb. And because he got comfortable in the tomb, when they were talking about this light, it, it seemed to be too good to be true, especially for a pessimist. And I don't know, I just like, yes, we call him Doubting Thomas, but I do feel so sorry for him because he wasn't asking for much. He wasn't like, okay, if Jesus is back, I want him to perform every miracle and tell the world he's back and, you know, something huge. The other 10 disciples got to see his hands and his side. He just wanted the same thing. Yes. Like, yes, he doubted, but I don't know. They like, they all got to see it and they, they had locked themselves in this room. They were scared of the Jews. It says that. And then Jesus comes in and that fear that these disciples had turns to faith. They Mm. believe. They get to see the resurrected Jesus. But Thomas didn't get to see that. No. So he's isolated himself. And then all of a sudden his friends, his community, who were scared just a day earlier and now like, oh, no, like it's all right, we've seen him. Yes, but he didn't have that personal witness Mm. of the, the resurrection. And this is sometimes, again, us in our faith, that we experience faith through our parents. We experience faith through schools. We experience faith through others, but never really have our own encounter. So the minute something difficult happens, then we lose everything. And so this is why, again, Thomas shows us about the importance of our own encounter, that it's okay to doubt. And Jesus wasn't angry at him. Jesus wasn't negative towards him. He actually fulfilled what he, the request that he had. And he said, sort of, blessed are those who, who believe when they do not see. But some people do need to see. Some people do need to experience in order to believe. And Thomas was one of those people. And so a week later, he's there with the other disciples and he has his own encounter. He has his own experience. But let's talk a little bit about what we learn from St. Thomas. Number one, the first thing is that he made a mistake. And we know he made a mistake because he withdrew from the community. And because of that, it took him a while to come to the peace that was his. He could have had an extra week of incredible peace and joy, but instead he had that in the extra eight days or whatever it was of bitterness, of loneliness. And he chose to be isolated. And because of that, he missed Jesus And we can do this as well in sorrow, in desperation, in grief. We can isolate ourselves. And that is actually the time where, even though we don't feel like it, even though it takes out every effort from us, it is the time we need fellowship of Christ's people. It's the time, not, I'm not talking about going out for drinks, or, but it, we need to ask other people to pray for us. We need to surround ourselves with people who are ready to grieve with us, to walk with us. Because these, when we are with other people, with other people who love Jesus, who know Jesus, that is where we're most likely to meet the risen Christ face to face, much less likely to experience his love, his peace and his freedom when we stay in the tomb. Yeah. So Thomas was like, he was on board with the community when things were going good and going well. And he was like, yep, we'll go to Jerusalem together. He was on board. But as soon as something terrible happened, that's when he withdrew. That's when he left the community and he isolated himself. And I think that we also do this. I mean, I know I do this 
all the time. Um, and like, yes, I'm an introvert and it's easier to kind of withdraw and just be by myself. And also, you know, with my mental health, again, easier to just withdraw. But that's like in my own life, I'm thinking that's where I've had my most doubts is when I hide away from the world or when I choose not to reach out and be in community and be with people that I know will build me up and help me because I don't want to be with them. I just want to think about it by myself and kind of wallow in my own doubt and unhappiness and misery, whatever it might be. And that's exactly what Thomas has done. Mm -hmm. But then it's the others that were in community and maybe they also wanted to be by themselves and grieve, but they pushed themselves to stay with each other and support each other. And that's where they had this encounter. And we're made for community. We're made for relationship with each other, with Jesus. And that's where we can have encounter. That's not to say that encounter doesn't happen when you're by yourself. It's important to have times of silence and one-on-one time with Jesus, but it's equally important to have time with community. Yes. And there are different levels of community. So some people, especially extroverts, find it easy to be with community all the time and easy to be around youth groups. And But sometimes it takes a little bit more effort for others. And, and it's important to be surrounded by people. And we have the liturgy, we have the weekend masses, and it is obligatory for us to attend the Sunday masses, but that should be the bare minimum. We need to surround ourselves with people who pray for us, surround ourselves with people who encourage us, who strengthen us on our Christian walk. The second thing we learned from Thomas and is that his uncompromising honesty. He acknowledged his doubts. And it again is so important for us to acknowledge our doubts, not to doubt our doubts, not to put them under the carpet. He could never and would never have dealt with them without acknowledging them. And the thing is, this is the same with us. We go through doubts and then we think that they're going to go away. But the thing is, we need to deal with our doubts. We need to acknowledge them and then move forward and go deeper in our understanding, understanding that God has an answer. The church has an answer, but sometimes it takes years and even a lifetime to come to even uh, the scratching of a surface of, of an understanding. But sometimes we just need to trust He was the kind of person, you know, Thomas was the kind of person that never would rattle off a creed without trying to understand what it was about. And the reality is that there is more faith in honest doubt. And doubt that seeks understanding, though, that doesn't stay in the doubt. And a doubt that seeks to understand, to dig deeper, will at the end arrive at certainty. So the third thing that we learned from Thomas was that when he was sure, when he finally sought, when he dug deeper into understanding what what this faith was about and and not being stuck in his doubt, but seeking through the word of God, seeking through the community, seeking also through the teachings of the church, as as we do that, what happened was that he went the whole way. He was the very first person in the world, the first person to acknowledge Jesus, the risen Christ, as my Lord and my God. Doubt in the case of Thomas is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because he didn't stay in his doubt. He grew in, in, in his faith through his doubt. He was a man who had to be sure. And there are a lot of people like that. You know, for me, I'm a hard person, so I can just sometimes believe and then think about it later. But Thomas wasn't this kind of person. He needed to be sure. 
and had to count the cost. But once he was sure and once he counted the cost, he went to the ultimate limit of faith and obedience. He would do anything and he did anything to grow in his faith. And he is a saint today. He's a, a man whom we ask for intercession for. He is someone whom we venerate, not worship, someone we venerate. Because if only we had the faith uh, that Thomas had. How I wish I had the faith that Thomas had. And this is crazy that sometimes we call him Doubting Thomas. Yes, he doubted, but his doubt led him to a more, uh, more passion and more purpose in his life. And this doubt, the same doubt that Thomas had, can also be in our lives and it can lead us into a different level of faith as well and a different type of relationship with God, which leads us to our topic this week, which is how to deal with doubt. Yes, and now we need, <laughs> you know, so you thought I was going to forget. No, I hope but, you would. Yeah, but we want a song. We, we want a song from Danny. Um, if you have any song requests that you want her to sing, please send us in, send it in. Have there been any, well, the, the requests come to Danny, so I will, I will never know. <laughs> have there been any requests? Surprisingly, people haven't asked for me to sing more than I already do. Oh, no. But okay. if you do send a request, I would prefer it to be like Celine Dion or Whitney Houston. <laughs> or Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce. Okay. Anyone. No Nicki Minaj or uh, I don't really Billie know. Eilish. I'd have to learn those. Yeah. Billie Eilish, I could do, I reckon. Lizzo? <laughs> yeah, I do love Lizzo. <laughs> okay. Take it away, Danny. Um, doubt. Say something, I'm giving up on you. Yay. <laughs> that was good. That was good. So say, say something, I'm giving That's good with doubt, yeah, because yeah. sometimes we, we you ask. You want to give up. Yeah, want to give up. Just asking God to say something. Yeah. Exactly. That's, Dave, that's it's beautiful. actually a theological song. <laughs> it's a, it's the same what Thomas was saying to Jesus. You know, say something because I'm giving up on you. Let me touch the wounds. Let me see you. So let's talk about dealing with doubt. Sometimes we all go through moments of doubt, and I think if you do have faith, you have the gift of faith, which is a gift, you're going to experience doubt. But when doubt comes our way, I'm not talking about necessarily doubting that God exists, but sometimes we can doubt that we um, have been forgiven. Sometimes we can doubt that we are loved. Sometimes we can doubt certain things that, that the scripture says, you know, and that's okay. But how do we deal with this, with, with this doubt? Let's talk about four points. The first one is to admit that we have doubt. Like Thomas, you know, don't bury it. Acknowledge your doubt. List your doubt. But and then that brings us straight away to the second thing is to pray. And when we pray, we are to ask God for help in our doubt. To be specific with that list of doubt. And uh, uh, to so that God will help us in our doubt. But we don't just have to pray ourselves for this doubt. We can, you know, invite others to pray for us as well. Those people that we trust and we love, part of that community to which we belong, they can pray for us. But also we have all of heaven, all the angels and saints will also intercede for us and especially doubting Thomas. I mean, that's in what he's known for. So ask for St. Thomas's intercession when you notice that you're doubting and you want to either learn more about that or overcome it or help it deepen your relationship with God. But he's more than willing, I'm sure, to intercede on our behalf. That's right. And so we need to not keep our doubt to ourselves only, okay? It's not to bring it to someone to bring other doubt in other people's minds, but go to people who can raise you up, who can lift you up and help you in your doubt. 
The second thing is to change your thinking. You see, a lot of doubt comes from not what we believe. A lot of doubt comes from what we feel. Sometimes we don't feel what what we should know. For example, I don't feel loved. I go to confession and I don't feel forgiven. I, I don't feel that God has called me for a certain thing. And that that doubt is very much dependent on, on feeling. But you see, we're not to be led by feeling. There's a, there's a fact, you know, the fact that God said it. God says that he loves us. God says that he forgives us. God shows us, even through the teachings of the church, that we are absolutely forgiven through the sacrament of reconciliation. That is a fact. And then I act on the fact. I believe the fact. I, I, I go to confession even though I don't necessarily feel like I believe it. But then the feelings follow. Sometimes. Sometimes they don't. But the feelings are, are, are great guides, but terrible leaders. If we're going to be led by our feelings, then we're going to live in doubt. So change your thinking. I believe in the fact God said it. I believe it. That settles it. But with that, if we're led fact, faith, feeling, then we need to know those facts. If they're going to be the foundation, we have to go out of our way and learn what they are. I remember in my own life when I lived at uni, I learned so much because I was constantly being challenged by other people. So I wanted to learn. So I would go to scripture. I would go to, you know, the church's teachings as well. The catechism, the UCAT is usually where I got my information because it was easy to read. And I was like, <laughs> and it has pictures, <laughs> it has pictures, got like this little running man in the corner. And I was a teenager. I was young. I still read the UCAT, so I don't know why I'm using my age as an excuse. But, like, you know, we have to learn these facts. We have yeah. to learn this foundation of, like, what God says. Because if we don't know what God says, then we can't believe it. And if exactly. we don't know it and we don't believe it, then our feelings aren't going to be able to follow it. So we need to dig deep in the foundation of the facts. We need to know that. But that brings us to the, the fourth point as well, is that we need to practice. Mm-hmm. And we need to practice. We need to dig deep in our faith and in the fact when we're in a good place, not when we're in a bad place. And when we're not in doubt, we need to practice our faith. We need to read the scriptures. We need to understand the teachings of the church. And when, and so that when those moments come where we're overcome by doubt, we can bring to mind what we know. We also can bring to mind what we have previously had faith in. See, remember the faith you had. You see, there are moments where I don't know. I don't feel like when I'm holding up the Eucharist, not every time I have this feeling that God is real, but I know I've had those moments where I've had uh, the faith beyond the shadow of a doubt. And I go back, my brain goes back to those moments. And you know, at that moment, I might not know, but I know that I know. And that's enough. That's enough. I have no doubt because of the faith I not necessarily have in the moment, but in the the, the faith that I had previously and had experienced and had encountered previously. And I think that is similar to like, you know, don't go back on a decision in the dark that you made in the light. Mm. So when you're experiencing doubt, like if you've learned something, if you've gone and you've had that experience of faith, if you've learned the facts, if you know that you know when you're in the light, then it's going to be more difficult 
and to walk away from that when you're in the midst of doubt, when you're in the darkness. Yes, because we can decide not to believe in, in moments of darkness. I can say I decide, okay, I'm not going to believe this anymore. Don't make those decisions in times where you're not, you, you're not, you don't have the strength, the strength and the foundation that you had before. And you quoted Saint Ignatius there, you know, saying, don't make it, don't go back on a decision you made in a time of light during a time of darkness. So we've reached the end of our time together during this Catholic Influencers podcast. We are so excited to have you. Please be in touch, stay in touch, give us your suggestions, give us anything that we can um, make this podcast better for you. Stay in touch through social media at Catholic Influencers underscore. If you want to be in touch with us, go to um, email us uh, podcast at frgministry.com. Another way to get involved is also to support this ministry through prayer. And also if you would like to become um, a Patreon member as well, someone who supports us every month and allows us to carry out this ministry, not only the podcast, but also reaching out to millions of people across the world, um, go to patreon.com forward slash frgministry. And for the our our Patreons, we also um, once a month give out free stuff and keep you updated um, exclusively in a, a lot of the um, things that we are doing across the world. So until next week, God bless you and let us pray for one another. <laughs>